0: Welcome to Chinuch today. I am your host, Rabbi Yerachmiel Garfield. Please join me as we highlight innovative ideas and inspiring people from the world of Chinuch. Hello, and welcome to Chinuch today. This is Yerachmiel Garfield, your host. Today, we are going to explore one of the many amazing Torah Umisora projects, which gives me a chance to briefly talk about the great organization called Torah Umisora. Coincidentally, I just came back from their conference, their national conference this week, which took place in the Pocono Mountains with about uh, 1,500 other Jewish educators. And so, therefore, it is certainly on my mind. Tormesora is the premier Jewish education umbrella organization for Orthodoxy. I've been really lucky to be affiliated and involved with them for well over 20 years. I remember my second year teaching, I had a wonderful Talmud, Binyamin Zephrin, who I am so proud of and so fond of, and his mother works for Torah and her And his mother and his father of blessed memory told me, you better come to the convention. They were big convention enthusiasts. And I wasn't really familiar with Torah Masorah, but I went to the convention, me and Rachel went, my wife, and I was blown away. I was like drunk from the opportunity to interact with other mechanachim and the professional development and talking to others. I had been a Revi for uh, two years at that point, but I hadn't really received any formal training. And I remember that I was so appreciative of being an environment of other professionals and other people who were trying so hard to do what I spent my days and hours doing, which is trying to be the best Machanach I could be. And that idea of camaraderie and sense of growth just was so inspiring. Since then, I don't believe I've missed a year of the Tormasora Convention. So we're talking, you know, a good 22 years or so that I've been going every year. And those of you who have seen me there know how enthusiastic I am about Tormasora and about the convention. The program we're focusing on today is one of their highlighted programs, uh, as you will hear, it started about eight years ago, and it's a great example of Torah serving in its role to identify and address the issues that are going on in Kallah Yisrael, and specifically around mental health and providing our children with the the basic foundational emotional, you know, fortitude that they need to face the world, you know, as the world gets more complicated and our understanding of chinuch also becomes. More sophisticated, it's become clear that mental health is an area that needed further focus in our schools. Tormesora put together funding and developed a program with the best and the brightest of the Orthodox Jewish psychological community, those therapists and psychologists who really know what they're doing and have a tremendously deep experience with our community. And they put together a program to help sensitize the community and the schools and to make sure that there's a professional on staff who has the sophistication they need to support the mental health needs of the school. So this is really forward thinking on Termosora's part. Really important and they've been extremely successful year after year training Rebaim and Mora's to become mental health what they call power professionals in the classroom. I'll just let you know that my career started as this type of thing many years ago when I was looking for a degree, I decided to get a master's in counseling. I felt that at that point I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to go in, that an understanding of people and the things that you learn in a degree like that would be useful, whether I be a rabbi, a cure professional, a psychologist, a teacher. So I got that degree. And my second year teaching, or maybe my third year, I became the school counselor in the local day school in the afternoon toward day school of Atlanta. And I would spend the mornings teaching Gemara in my ninth grade share, but the afternoon I was a school counselor. So I've been involved in this type of work in a school for many years, and I really appreciate firsthand the importance and impact of having someone on staff like that. It's also an honor to introduce the community to my dear friend, Rabbi David Morgenstern. I've known Rabbi Morgenstern for many, many years. We took a principal training together, also through Torma quite a number of years ago, and since then we've become very close friends, and I have great respect for Rabbi Morgenstern and what he has to offer the Chenech world, so it's another level of honor for me to introduce him through this podcast. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chinuch Today. Wow, today I get to interview a dear friend, so it's not just an avoida the hard work of podcasting that I do, but I get an opportunity to get together with Chaveirim Toivim, and today we're going to meet Rabbi David Morgenstern of Manala, Yeshiva Darche Torah, and more importantly for our purposes, the director of the Nefesh Chayam Hashkiach Machanecha's training program. Hello, Rabbi Morgenstern. We are going to talk about your work with Torah Masorah and the Mashkiach and the Machanecha's training program. But before we get to that, as every, all of my listeners know, I want to know who you are and how you became the great Machanech that you are. So let's start with where did you grow up, Rabbi Morgenstern? Well, the first thing is that
1: in order to become anything, you have to have great friends. <laughs> so Rabbi Garfield, you are certainly a component to whatever I am today.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Either I've good done, or I've bad. My best. So thank you. I've done my best with you, but now you have to go on your own, Rabbi Morgenstern. I brought you as far as I can. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Staten Island, New York. Very nice. Where did you do for high school? I don't even know. First of all, Staten Island is, uh,
1: was very unique elementary school, RJJ. Beautiful. Oh. It was one class per grade. Back when I started, it was with Rabbi Yaakov Feitman. Wow. Manal, and Wait, isn't he a rub in Brooklyn? He's a Rav in Cedarhurst right now. He went on to Cleveland, and he is a, absolutely a dynamic automator of Huttner. Right. He gave over a tremendous flavor to the yeshiva. The yeshiva was, was the brainchild of Dr. Marvin Schick. And he took the RJJ name, and he himself made this his project. And he brought it to this community in Staten Island. And he brought, took Rabbi Feitman and really created a very special, warm environment. I think that was something that was
0: very beautiful, amazing, yeah, that's like one of the original schools of the old days I know it's it's not necessarily what it was in its glory, but uh I think Staten Island Balaw is going through some changes but Good, healthy um, change healthy change healthy change sure. change is healthy, so in those days was it like an out of town mix of of people from different backgrounds? would you say that's fair to say very nice it was a, it was night one
1: class per grade. was it all boys? Oh, boys. We had one Rebbe that uh, whenever we had spaghetti and meatballs for lunch, that day we had extra
0: recess. <laughs> it was very cute. Very cute. Okay. And go back with very fond memories. That's great. It's, it's interesting because some people go into Hanukkah because they had wonderful early experiences and some people go into Hanukkah for other reasons about their experiences. So I'm happy that you had a positive experience. I know Rabbi Feitman is a very chash and I believe he has some, some art scroll books he, that he put out, and uh, he's... He's published a book just now. Yeah.
1: Just now, he has, right? He's a writer for many years. He wrote on the, the Meshach he wrote on
0: uh, Rolf Huttner biographies. Do you keep a Kesher with him? Are you in touch with him from this? Well,
1: them? since I'm here in the five towns, we, we, we bump into each other. That's it's wonderful. Uh, it's always nice to see him. Okay, and then after elementary school, what did you do? But continued with RJJ the second year of the Edison
0: Masifta. Wow. The second class. Wow. Wonderful. And other, any other yeshivas you want to mention that you learned in before? Das. Uh... I had this chus
1: to learn in Tarvadas to learn by Rav Palm, to get smicha from Rav Palm, to have a kesha with Rav Palm. Really? talk about shaping things, shaping one's, yeah. one's trajectory. It's certainly, Rav Palm had what to do with it.
0: Yeah, as close as we are, I did not know that you had a Keshreth of Palm. That's, that's remarkable. That's really remarkable. Amazing. And so how did you, you know, veer towards Chinuch? Was that something that you were involved in as a young, you know, young age? Were you like a counselor in camp, a head counselor? I was a counselor,
1: time? a counselor in Camp Aguda. Hmm. And, uh, who was the head counselor back the then? Great, great Rav Simcha Kaufman. Oh who I still maintain a Kesha with, was the head counselor. He had the ability to turn the entire camp dining room into his classroom. And with 500 kids, he was able to make a Resham on so many. You know, people who are head counselors,
0: it's such a chush. It's such a chush for Chinuch to be able to... Because you don't have any of the fear and any of the environment, and there are no report cards, and there are no parents, and you got to make your case. You have to be compelling. You have to be dynamic. There's no... None of the things that we have in school, you know? He is a big
1: balruach, Ruach. And he, he, had, he gave over a feeling of a havas Yisrael, of a love for Eretz Yisrael, of a am Yisrael. Wow. Very, very, very special man. What did he do during the year? Was, he, was it just in the summer? He, he's still teaching seventh grade in Yeshiva Mima in Brooklyn. I didn't know that. Wow. And, 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 and my nephews had him recently, a year or two ago. They said he's the best Rebbe ever. beautiful. Wow, that's great to hear. I went to Camp Aguda as a counselor. Then I went, after I was married, I went to Camp Romamu for a number of years as a division head. Hmm. So, and then after that, I w- w- worked my way over to Camp Monk to, as a learning director. So is that course, something you're I'm, still involved in? Still involved with Camp Monk. Wow, Camp Monk is like... There I had this chust, uh, a, a, a tremendous kesha with Reb David Shanks and So If you talk wow. about people
0: that made a reishim. I have a picture of him next to me. I told my staff, if I ever violate your any uncle. of the victims of David Trank, you call me. It's in my office, the picture. You just point to it. And keep me honest. So uh, that's how I roll. Your uncle, no? Yeah, yeah. My wife's uncle. And I also, Baruch Hashem, what an influential person. You know, it's I'm curious to your opinion on this. When I interview a Rebbe, or I should say when you interview a Rebbe, is camp experience a must, a positive, is it parv? How do you interpret that when interviewing potential Rebbeim? Darche is a, is a
1: beautiful yeshiva. Rebbeim Bender has created an environment where we're rooting for the Talmud. That's what I think is going on in the yeshiva. And uh, if I look at the staff and I see many camp head counselors, division heads, and uh, are on the staff. We like to say, give the Rebbe his classroom, let him run it. Go. You know, we guide you the curriculum and other things, but the Rebbe is is this, this powerhouse in his classroom. There's different personalities of powerhouses. Some are louder, some are quieter, but the
0: Rebbe takes control of the class in the most beautiful way. So are you saying that someone who was able to run a camp, it's like an important credential to running a successful classroom? Not a criteria. You're asking me if it's useful? I can see it being useful. Well, I'm saying if you interviewed someone, that would be a mila. I wouldn't turn someone away if he didn't have that experience. Got it. You know, for me, it also shows like a genuine love of engaging kids. Not everyone has to work in camp. I personally have a very short camp resume. But um, I think it shows that you love kids. You genuinely enjoy it. You do it when you don't have to, you know, work in camp. And if you're successful at it, like it speaks volumes.
1: There's a quote out there. That if you take a look at the the of Klal many were roye tzayim, shepherds. Mm. See, Marsha Rabbeinu, the famous medrash, how we went and he cared for that that little shepsula that had right. to, that was running for water. So they asked. So they asked, I think Rabbi Yaakov, and they said, "Where is it? Uh, what do we do nowadays? We don't. We're not shepherds anymore." So supposedly, as the quote goes, I believe it's from Shragi Goldschmidt who uh, wrote this in an article years ago, and he says it's the camp counselors. Wow. Those that are camp counselors, they're showing that
0: they have a wow. Christ. That the is that beautiful. That is beautiful. I never heard that before. Beautiful. It's so true because there's such vulnerability in camp and kids are sort of out of their context and uh, people who are kind and caring and uh, take care of them.
1: And so a Christ. They're, yeah. they're
0: taking on a Christ. They're giving yeah.
1: up their summer where they can be having their own good time and uh, giving back,
0: I think I've heard people involved with camps that they feel there's it's harder to find kids today as part of the great rebbe shortage. Is is that true? That I know monk people are banging down the doors to to get in. You might not experience it there, but uh, have you seen that trend with regard to as gameplay? you see, bachram The truth is, the Baruch Hashem, the bachram are staying in the zman,
1: and so you really, if you're, you're following the yeshiva, the challenge is following the yeshiva, the yeshiva schedule mm-hmm. with Elul. Got it. And yeah. that's you know, that's the whole tumult of wait a second, why are you ending camp so early? So if we're ending camp early because we want to get Benetara then <laughs> that them with their Ben right. right. And so this is just always the uh the But challenge. it's
0: not a, but but there's no there shortage is, of it, interest. I would say that it's shortage might be a, a good word. Not Bachana, a crisis. Bachem have
1: other options. You know? right. They work very hard during this month and they need their own time. So many right. feel right. that they like to take their they're chill, and Others are, are still saying, Well, I want I have a Kharaias camp offers opportunities to shine in many different areas and to discover talents that they never knew they had or to harness them. True. So it, it's really it's finding the right camp. You gotta find the counselor has to be comfortable, that's the right seviva for him, and at the Baker. But the kids have an opportunity to get exposure to a Tire in the summer,
0: it's priceless. Amazing. So the question I have for you is, how did you get into Chinuch? I mean, you were doing informal Chinuch. Did you end up in a classroom? And how did you get into the classroom? Or did you just get straight to the top of Dar Torah?
1: I was uh, subbing. It was something that I had discussed when we were dating. I discussed the, uh, the possibility of going to Chinuch. And then I was doing some... I we're going to camp in the summer, and I was doing some subbing. And then I got an offer after Pesach, to go to Torah Academy of Brooklyn hmm. to teach their ninth grade. They were opening up a second, ninth grade. They were dividing the class. And that was a very special experience Rabbi <laughs> Davidowitz and the others there, Moshe Rubin, you saw a real love for Talmidim. And they were way ahead of their times. And I was doing that. And until then, I was subbing. And then a job opposite. So I, I thought I was going to continue in Torah Academy of Brooklyn. As a matter of fact, I thought I was going to have to in I was taking a class in Russian. They were offering, term- so I was offering a Berlitz course in Russian. So I wow. figured, how am I getting a job? Brooklyn back then was, it was very tight. I wasn't ready to move and move out to Houston. So um, I was taking a course in Russian. I know a few words. And then I got engaged. So it was just interesting wow. what was going on. Okay. But uh, but so I ended up in Torah Academy of Brooklyn after Pesach. And I thought I was going to stay there. I was going to continue there and then Dachi offered me a fifth grade position. Hmm. And I discussed it with Rabbi, with Raf Palm. And Raf Palm just, I you know, said, you know, ninth grade, I can accomplish. And his boys, he, he smiled and chuckled. He said, just go to Dachi that And he felt that that would be uh, a good fit. So, Baruch Hashem, 20 something, 25 or 26 years later, we're still here, Baruch Hashem. How long did you teach fifth grade for? So I was fifth grade for about five years. Then I became a Skan Manal while I was teaching as well. And then uh, after nine years teaching, I became a full-time Manal. Rabbi Bender, it, in my first year, said to me, he says, you know, you're going to be a Manal one day. So I looked at him like, you got to be kidding. He says, oh, not here, he says, because we're not hiring Manal. the same type of idea where he says, but but I, I was happy to get a job. I was happy to get, a, uh, to get a Rebbe job. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I guess... How does it
0: compare teaching fifth grade and ninth grade? Was that an easy transition? Did you find that really fifth was more your your jive, or it was uh, it was a different
1: style ninth grade? So it was that was just a totally it was a, it was much more of a um, waterberry style very warm. Some of it, let's call it a bit of a kids that were a little bit rough on the edges, and. Uh, I, I thought that that was something I would enjoy, but Rav Paman the fifth, and it was Baruch Hashem, a very nice, nice
0: choice. What nice would you experience. say was is unique about fifth grade teaching fifth grade? Opening up their
1: eyes to Gemara. It's taking a child that has never, it's ever experienced taking their their background in Rashi and their background in in Mishnayis, and then bringing them into an entire new language with no punctuation, well, no yeah. nakudais. What's a kasha, What's a terror? It's an opening up their minds with havana and a geschmack, and a, a fluency, and taich. And they're, they're, they're pre- impressionable. They'll be able to make a And There's a certain pure pureness, rain cut, that they
0: have that's very special, very dear. It is an important grade. I mean, I was a ninth-grade Rebbe for nine years, so we share that. And I felt the same way. I think fifth and ninth are transitionary, significantly transitionary years, where you're going from you know group A to group B, and then from group B to group C. But you know what's beautiful? Yeah. You can really make a case
1: for any grade. Yeah. For any grade, any level. And that's the True. beauty of it. As Rav Palm said, we're not teaching curriculum. We're teaching Talmidim. Beautiful. And that was really...
0: 100 uh, And so how did you get involved in Torah Masora as a director? Did you go straight from... They opened up an educational resource center, which is now called the Teacher
1: Centers. They had one in Brooklyn. And they, they brought me into that to to run that center. And then that was very nice. We were doing a lot of networking and the Rebbe were coming in and they were discussing how to plan lessons and maybe how to do some to spice things up. And what we did a, a lot of, which was very rewarding, was grade level networking. And Rebbe and we were invited to come in. They were invited also to do a three minute presentation. Oh, wow. Something that works well in the class.
0: Amazing. So
1: once everyone was talking about what worked, it was much easier than for someone <laughs> to then, you know, say, hey, you know. Gee, you know, right. I'm struggling with this. Does anyone have any ideas?
0: and it was really beautiful. We actually wrote up a few years' worth of it, really yeah, but, uh, of the ideas that people had where yeah, Where yeah. are those Where is that published, or how does well? I'd have to dig it up. you would okay. have to dig it up. You really cool. should make it available. but yeah, you was very involved with that
1: uh-huh. great Muhana, but he was no longer working at the center. He's now Menal in Bas Hill Pacific. But great, great. And then from there, interesting that the Tormeser had the President's Conference
0: mm-hmm.
1: where the Balbatim get together, and they would strategize, and they would – sometimes the Balbatim, their perspective, and their being as a consumer and as a supporter, they have a different perspective. They're looking at the kids. They're hearing from their friends about some of the failures. They're seeing it as themselves, as parents, what works, what doesn't work. Kids are making it. Kids aren't making it. And the, the concept of a con- convention for Balabatim was something that uh, Rav Tzvi Bloom w- w- took, it, uh, took it to the next, next level. But we found an audio clip. I was listening. Someone sent me old audio clips of Rosh Shiva speaking at conventions. And there was Rav Gifter
0: hmm.
1: talking, at I don't even remember which early, early convention and he said, Baisai, we have to have conventions for Balabatim. Wow. 20-something years before this, this ever happened. He says we have to have conventions for Balabatim. They should get together and how to help the yeshivas better. And, and it was all, it's, it's not really an original idea. Mm. The implementation is very original. The implementation is very special. But the reshiva of Gifter, he held it. And so it was at one of these conventions that I was not at, but they—they they turned out that they were worried about they were losing kids, and kids are getting lost. And they came up with one idea and another idea, and they thought maybe the idea was was the kids are being abused, and that was something that was was kicked around. So I got a phone call. There was a bus very passionate about about this. Mr. Yitzlock Perlstein was a tremendous powerhouse. And Rabbi Neuwitz called me up, and he said, I want you to meet him. So we sat down and uh we hashed it out. We actually had a pretty good fight our first meeting. <laughs> fight meaning about it, how to implement oh, the shrug. program oh, to shrug. help children. Yeah. And and he was coming from the nursing home angle and I was coming from the the yeshiva angle and, and it was a, it wasn't it, we we agreed but we each were were very passionate about our positions and we we came to a mutual agreement that um, a, ba- a way to design a way to help them. Tzvi Blum always says what he loves about Mashkir training, which is a mental health, and we'll talk about what that is in a moment. He said, yeah. but kids don't wake up one day and say, I'm done. I've had it. There had to be warning signs early on. There had to be something as early as maybe third grade or fourth grade. And if you talk back to pre-1A and you go back to kindergarten mowers, they could tell you many times that they saw something mm. in the child that was unsettling. Something was not, was not sitting well by them. Now, of course, if there's ever a trauma, if there's a life-altering event, that could, I'm, I'm excluding that. But the feeling is that this was the feeling that children don't just one day wake up and say, I'm done. Let's look for the telltale signs. Let's go back to the source. Let's not go ahead and wait till we have a a more expensive and a more complicated child, but let's go with little, right? Little children, little problems, big kids, big problems. Let's nip it in the bud. Let's have people that are more in tune and more aware about the social, emotional, mental health needs of our Talmudim and the dynamics of the classroom. So many times we see something and we're convinced it's one thing. But yet, with a little bit more knowledge, with a little bit more information, we're able to... Now, you run the risk then when you train somebody. We'll talk about the training, as I said, is that someone overdiagnoses. Mm. So the so this concept was born, and they... What was your difference in opinion? Uh, the, the difference in opinion was it was more like to put a cop in the yeshiva that's on the lookout if anybody's messing up, and then we'll report him to the yeshivas. Meaning an external...
0: An external employee, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I said, I don't think he's going to be very popular. I've <laughs> just felt that I just don't know how well that's going to be with integrating with the Manal and the staff, yeah, yeah. knowing that. So Unless that was
0: someone from the inside who's sort of I'm training someone from the inside, organic. not that supporting anyone, but rather right. that's helping the Talmudim and it's just has the trust of the Anhala. It sounds like the cop approach would be if you think there's something abusive or nefarious going on. Maybe so. in a nursing home. I don't know how people would like that. If 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 the feds had someone
1: in the nursing home, or not. no. But the truth is it was over. It was oversight. It was really someone to be there for oversight, mm. and that if if ever a child is being hurt in some way, to be there to to help him. Which is but a your beautiful program concept. is
0: really not focused on that at all. It's, it's right. That's so
1: That's where we agreed that this is a more effective. Got way, it. To, got so to why don't you help, tell us tell what
0: what the it is like you mentioned? Like what is the program that you guys developed? I shared this concept of putting a mental health
1: paraprofessional in the yeshivas, where we know we have guidance counselors. Many yeshivas do have guidance counselors. Some schools have school psychologists. And so I said, what's the need then to train someone in mental health and how much training we're going to give them anyway? And what's the point? So we just, we thought about 25 classes or so. And I spoke to Dr. Pelkowitz, Dr. David Pelkowitz, who was so excited about this idea Mm. of training Rebbe. And he, in an interview that he gave, having nothing to do with Termasura, Torah, having nothing to do with the Mashkiach training, when he was asked about some of his accomplishments and some of the things, he passionately wrote about the Mashkiach training, which he called it similar. He didn't call it equivalent, but similar to a social work degree.
0: Mm.
1: The Mashkiach is not a therapist, but the intensity of the 25 classes, the curriculum was really, once I got the green light from Dr. Palkowitz, I don't I don't really know much about, I didn't know much about mental health and developing a curriculum. The Kodesh Baruch Hu had it that I had met Dr. Shmuel Mandelman. Now that's a, that's a when I was working in Tarmusora as in the, what they called back then the educational resource center, the teacher center, I walked in one night and there was a fellow who had his foot, really, looked like as if his foot was stuck in the laminating machine. He had, he had one foot up in the air, and he had a penknife in his hand. And I looked at him when I walked in. He goes, I know, I know. Rabbi, I know I always gave you permission. I said, I gave you permission for what? <laughs> and, and at this point, then there's this guy off on the side, really bushy pace, in a perfectly starched white shirt, who is just this rumbling coming from deep within his chest, laughing at this interaction. <laughs> So after a while, I turned to him and said,
0: so What's who are you? Here?
1: So he, you know, he just gave me some sort of, you know, half-baked answer. And he was really enjoying how this guy had permission to laminate. Stuff got stuck inside. And he's trying to take apart the machine with a penknife. I think it's a $3,000 machine or 5000 yeah. And okay, so I then, this fellow, who I later discovered is Dr. Mandelman, till I got him, till we sat down and schmoozed a little, And he told me a little bit about some of his credentials. Here's this yeshiva looking guy with all types of uh, degrees. And I'm like, I didn't really believe he was for real. And uh, so I did a little homework and filed it away. And so when this came up again, I gave him a call. And we sat down. And we sat down again. And we, uh, I'd say he, hashed out, you know, a a curriculum. And it was, it, was in this, it was in these meetings that, as I reached out to different people, Dr. Pelkowitz, Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who is a, a tremendous friend, a tremendous asset to the program, Dr. Mandelman, as I mentioned, Dr. Zev Brown, who was who given Levin Nefesh, Dr. Shmueli Zimmerman, and Dr. Chaim Neuhoff. And it's just one after another.
0: Wow, yeah. Wonderful, all-star
1: wonderful all-star teams. And they're, they're thoroughly invested. Doc Now, after they finish, again, we should talk about the training at some point. But Dr. Brown continues. He has every two weeks, he has supervision sessions in Lakewood. And people join via Zoom. And there are still people as to seven, eight years later that are there getting together Thursday nights to talk shop, mm. presenting a question. The Oylem weighs in. People give their opinions on how to deal with it. And Dr. Brown, Zev Brown is there moderating and giving his little input and directing it in the right way. The learning continues. It's not just you're finished with us and you're on your own, buddy. You know they always say about Reb Moshe that he gave us is Just remember the phone number on top there, on top of the page. If you ever stuck, yeah. you know, give a call. I put it on the back of the page, maybe. But if his phone number was there, and they knew that they're not on their own. So here, at they reach out with complicated cases, they'll reach out to any of the people that we just mentioned, and they'll reach out to Doctor Zev brown every two weeks, and the chevreshaft that's taking place, you're not alone. You see, let's face it. We are facing more anxiety than ever before. Mental health issues are real. And the sensitivity that the yeshivas are now showing and understanding to mental health, the social, the emotional development of our children, it's real. And the healthy yeshivas are dealing with it. And having a mashkiach, where a Rebbe trained, used to be an exclusive Rebbe, non-disciplinary role, but with Rebbeim are getting trained in. And outside by recess, they could be sitting and saying, you know, one Rebbe will say, I'm I'm struggling with this and this, I'm seeing this in my classroom. And he's very comfortable talking to a fellow Rebbe by lunch, by recess. And the idea of the mashkiach is to help and to know when to source someone out. Dr. Mandelman says often that when he gets a phone call, and he'll ask the person, okay, by the way, what yeshiva are you in?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, finding, he was speaking to the parents or speaking to the manal says, do we have a mashkiach in that yeshiva? And he finds that many times when the mashke- there is a mashkiach there, there's someone speaking a common language that could, t- that could help the Rebbe through, that could help the Talmud through, that could be there for support. Not the therapy, but a form of therapy, a level of therapy, a degree of support that is so valuable and so helpful for the development of the Talmudim. And for the Rebbeim.
0: So everyone's
1: winning. There's a yeshiva in Lakewood that shared with me that the mashkiach, young, new to the job, but one of the topics covered was trauma. Nebuch, this child, I don't remember if it was a sudden trauma that his father passed away or if it was something that it was after an extended illness, but the mashkiach, he said to me the mashgiach when I spoke to him afterwards. after the yeshiva was praising the mashgiach, they got up at the yeshiva dinner just to talk about you know, the different programs, different things going on in the yeshiva. They spoke about this young mashgiach, how he is such an asset to the entire yeshiva, to the hanhala, and to the parents, and to the rebbeim, mm. to the talmidim. Wow! And I asked him, I said, "What was that?" He says, "It all just came right back to me. I remember Doctor Blumenthal's course, mm. and I just went right into it. And everything he said." It all just, it happened. And he was there. He knew what to do by the Levaya, by the Shiva, something that, saving lives, making a very big difference.
0: It, so is the model the tri- to have someone dedicated? Like, uh, I think originally you were looking for someone to be uh, dedicated certain amount of hours a week to non-classroom mental health awareness, but now it's- that's, it-
1: that's the ultimate. And the yeshivas, are there are yeshivas still doing that. And other yeshivas that can't afford that are taking a class from Rebbe and giving him an hour or two a day in the afternoon where he will. The idea is to call out the boys. It's not unnatural to go to the Mashkiach, but rather it's normal. It's Kashmak to talk to the Mashkiach. And many times in some yeshivas, the Mashkiach is actually the beiching for a Vibhakiah's program, for a Shachlavataya program. The Mashkiach is there in his office, it's, it's, it's a regular place where kids will go. And it's normal. It's not just the struggling child, but the child that's playing shortstop, getting olives, he's also going to the mashkir. And that's what keeps it normal. And that's what keeps it And normal. I think
0: now you have the women's program also, right? And what I'm describing by
1: the men is also by the women as well. They're getting a training. It's 25 weeks. where It's via Zoom right now. It used to be live in person. The early years we met, people came in from Montreal. People came in from <laughs> Pittsburgh. People came in from, from all over the country each Sunday. And now Mm. we're doing it via Zoom before COVID. We've switched to to Zoom. And it is, believe it or not, they still make a kasha with each other. We try to get them together a few times for a live in-person session. And it is something, the Shevrashaft is delicious. The Pilpul Haverim, after a few weeks in the course, they sound like professionals already. And the the course covers anxiety, trauma, bereavement, Abuse, mm-hmm. ADD, positive psychology, resiliency. It it's understanding how to do a session, how to, to get a child to talk, what's the objective? Is it get a child to just open up? Is that the, and you'll hear a lot of people think that's what the objective is. But this it's it's a TIFA understanding of children, of their development, and what it means to be a resource.
0: Amazing. Are there any other differences between the men and women's program in terms of curriculum? The women has a focus on eating disorders. Hmm.
1: The the women's program also has a focus on positive body image as a, as a segue from that Mm -hmm. point. And the men's course will have a a difference will be more targeted towards Inyani Kedusha and Shamir Seinayim and
0: and have a, have a piece on that as well. Wonderful. Do you, include high schools I, like would you say is there a percentage of elementary schools versus high schools is, is it mostly it, an elementary school thing or
1: yes very good questions this is something that we would like to get the elementary schools because of the idea of catching it it's younger but many high school uh rebeim, mashkichim, have taken the training and take, gone through the program mm. and benefited immensely Oh, really yeah absolutely but some sense. people say is it for high school they ask you a question is it for elementary school there's a fine it's applicable you yeah. could just you take it for what the knowledge that you're getting so i have i have even uh shiva called me that he wants to join really yes. yes and i i i give him a lot of credits we have experienced manalim have joined wow. and it's the level of the community of
0: learners is just breathtaking how many years have you been doing it for I think eight. Eight, wow. And, and what about. have you learned from the eight in terms of the program? How has it evolved? Have you taken away certain courses? Have you added? How has it changed?
1: Siata Deshmaya was such that the changes have been very minimal. Mm. This year, we are going to go with a, a, a little bit more focus on active listening. A couple of classes on active listening, on actual You know, working it through. You know, we have a a few classes on case studies where Dr. Blumenthal throws out a a case, and they break into their groups and they 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 hash it out. And Mm. then when they come back, he adds another. Everyone gives their opinion. Then he adds another layer to it, and he makes people sweat. He's great. That's at the end, and that's where you see the learning coming to life. But we the the minimal we have made minimal change because we, were, had, we had such tremendous, we had, first of all, tremendous people working on the curriculum, and we've had tremendous siyad to shumari.
0: That's great. That's really amazing. I, I'm curious about how the Rosh Hashivas from Torma reacted to it, and if there are any Hashkafic sensitivities that needed to be sort of worked through, and if you're comfortable sharing some of that. They were very
1: positive. Rebellion Bruni was very, very excited about this. And this again, training mashkichim, but I don't know with what rebellion Svez, Echitzadakub meant, was he said this at a convention years ago that we need mashkichim. Bar Lachai Salman says we need mashkichim. The idea of the mashkichim, as Rapil David said at one of our early get togethers, he says that Rabbi was, Levin was a mashkichim. Rabbi Levin looked out, he had someone with him, and they were standing out, it was during recess. And he asked the person next to him, so what do you see? He says, look, the kids are playing ball. They mm-hmm. have their, or whatever they were, running around during recess. They probably weren't playing ball in time. <laughs> so he says, they're they're, um, they're having running around by, by recess, by she says he says, um, look again. Meshkikh says, Rabbi Levin says, you see that boy over there, more tattered than everybody else's tattered <laughs> shoes. That boy over there, why isn't he wearing a sweater? Does he have one? Mm. Or and, and another one, and that voice off on the side by himself. Why is that? He says you have to, he says, he has to. You have to be able to see and to understand what you're seeing. And that was what Rabbi, that, Rabbi David mentioned at one of our earlier Maschgeich get-togethers. But uh, you see, yeshivas now are pressed for not having budgets for mental health professionals. When I'm saying yeshiva that understands the need and understands that. Now I'm out in who knows where. And we don't have great therapists in the community that we're in. So getting a mashkiach is certainly a training a mashkiach or a mechaneches is true. I'm using mashkiach, but I mean mechaneches, is a great way to help ameliorate the budgetary constraints and also a great way to have somebody in the building that you can rely upon for matters of mental health.
0: Yeah, I guess just to go back once more to the question, if if there's a field that is most suspect by traditional Torah values, I would say it's the field of mental health. Mental health works to dive into and unearth the underpinnings of humanity, of what motivates people, what irks their neshama's, and, etc. Uh, et cetera. Because this is an area of great interest to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So I, I, like the question and I like that you're pulling it up again. I wasn't trying to avoid it.
0: So, so that's why I go back and ask about the areas that needed deeper exploration with the Das Tera of the, of the Moetzas Gedolia Taira or the Vadrash Yeshivas, I should say, of Torah Masora. I Meaning, I know one of the calling cards of Tormasura is to follow Das Tera and to allow the Vadrash Yeshivas to play a very active role. In everything Thomasara does, and I find like mental health training is such a delicate place, and I wonder how the Rosh Hashivas have dealt with it. Have you had to go over the training carefully, and and what adjustments have been made due to that? They, uh,
1: I think they trusted the they trusted Talmud with who they put involved with this training. Rebelia right. Brodney was very comfortable with the fact that because he knows Dr. Mandelman, to hear that Dr. Mandelman was involved with the curriculum, more than involved, so Rebellia was very comfortable with that. Rebelia also has spent a lot of time with Dr. Schlemme Zimmerman on his very sensitive topics. Uh, they were very comfortable that we were using B'nai Taira. Dr. Yeah. is unique Dr. Falkowitz is, is, is the, the Svas Ames, the Reb the Tyra that he says. Right. I know he's a big I'm, comment I, of Repan as well. I, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't get enough of the Tyra that he says. And right. Reb Brown goes back to the Revolba, the ali Shur, to bring out so much in his teaching. So, and also what I did was, in the early years, I put someone into the class, someone, I encouraged someone to join who is a and I mean it as a compliment, Ehrlicha, Ehrlicha Kanoi. He sat there at every single class taking notes. He himself is a very big pikech, and he himself is very sensitive to mental health and mental health issues. Wonderful. Uh, But I knew that if there was going to be a word, a word, I put him in there on purpose. You're a genius. I I wanted, I don't know about that, but I said, I wanted that if there's a problem... I want to eradicate
0: it. That is I don't amazing. want. I'm
1: not looking to, sw- to, to sweep anything under the rug, and he, I have to tell you, he called me out on one thing. It was a, such a. It was a subtlety in the words that one of the presenters used, which I went back to the presenter on. But it was something that it was not even. It was something that fell out of his mouth, if that's possible, right. and it wasn't a mental health hashkafa. It was maybe something that was a little bit. Whatever it was, but we went ahead and I I I had he called me out on it. I called, I discussed it with the presenter and we dealt with it. That was it. That was it. Amazing. HaShem. Because we're using real people. Right. These people work with the yeshivas. Right. their life is helping the yeshivas they know what's going on in the yeshivas they only want what's best for the rebbeim. they want what's best for the talmidim they want what's best for the parents they want what's best for everyone right. this is not an agenda right this is how that's what dr pelkut was so excited about this is that we're going to take mental health we're going to bring it right into the yeshiva but it, it, he says i said yeah but don't we have the the school guidance council. says, "This is Tyra. This is a Rebbe. You can't ever put a value on that." So that was his excitement.
0: Beautiful. Do you explore medication and and educate about the roles of different medications? Or that's one of the classes as well.
1: It's
0: okay. One of the classes
1: as well, where they they have, we have a, a, a three our classes are three hours on Sunday from three wow. to six, and we have a, a psychiatrist that does three hours on pharmaceuticals. Right. What how what this type of medication does? What's SSI? Wow. What's a blocker? And the, and and so because we also don't want that if and when medication is suggested that we should run for the hills. But know what it is. Know what the options are. When a parent will say, "We tried it and this happened," or "We tried it, it didn't work." But there's so many other options. There's so, now we we don't believe in pushing anybody to anything. All right. But when the mashkiach is there as the resource and the help and the handholder. It's just so much easier when he's knowledgeable. And again, I say, I mean, the Mechaneches who have done tremendous work.
0: I imagine you've seen in your own work as a Manal the impact that it's had on you to be exposed to all these ideas and then bringing it to Darche in your own work. I imagine, you know, you get to see that firsthand.
1: Baruch Hashem. Still learning. Still learning. So I took the course eight times. Right getting ready for
0: the ninth. Well,
1: <laughs> Starting a few weeks from now, actually. Starting, I mean, what's uh, your, what's your dream?
0: Convention. What's your dream for this? Where, where do you want to see it? You know, if funding continues or even grows, is it the type of thing like you'd like to see every Rebbe and Re- and Mora in America trained? Or you'd like, you know, how do you see investing in it further looking like? At
1: one point, I had this dream that every Rebbe and every Mora should but rebellion told me that's not really the goal. The it, it, I, I would like to see probably a, a modified version of this training. Not this is not for everyone. You know certain certain Rebellum are superstars and they'll always be superstars. This is just not their thing. They know what they got to do to make it work and they're fantastic with the them, but they don't this is not their this is not their mitsuya. This is not for everyone. And uh, but but my goal is really and the goal is not my goal but the goal is and the dream is that to have more rebbeim more Moras that are sensitive to the emotional and the mental health needs of our Talmudim. that it shouldn't be that when we hear a child is da 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 has a diagnosis or is on medication that we run for the hills and we view the child as a chayla but we rather that we view ourselves as yet a, a helper a guide. Someone that is a Rebbe, a mashpia, that's there to make a Rosham in this kid's life, to know how to best handle things. Sometimes, you know, there there's there's uh, you know, if a kid is anxious, our normal gut reaction as a as a loving Rebbe is to be put the child at ease, give in to the child, so you'll come late, it'll be Whereas the, the dealing with anxiety is counterintuitive. Face the monster. Face the issue by it's all it's all about if you sometimes will give in to the child that has a fear of walking into the classroom or a fear of going out to read. Oh, that's okay, just don't go out. Now that fear is growing and growing some more and growing some more. It's called feeding the monster. Mm. Rather, the the mahalach is to be counter is counterintuitive. Help them face it. I'm not calling it exposure therapy, but following and knowing that what our default setting is what we would think is most helpful for the child may sometimes be detrimental. So I'd like everyone to have this knowledge. We have a number of Rebbeim here in Yeshiva that have, they were superstars. And they took the training and they have taken their classrooms to the next level. Really? How so? How does it affect the classroom? Because uh, in the classroom, if you understand what triggers an anxious child, Mm. if you understand what is triggering a child that is, Struggling with perfectionism. If you how you present your test, how you present the Hazara program, do you ratchet it up? Okay, or do you know how to 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 make it you know create a balance of the enthusiasm but without the pressure mm-hmm. or the minimal pressure? Not we're not suggesting. Cleansing the classroom and doing away with tests. Now, that's, that's not what I'm saying. My sister is a mental health professional. She says there's a trend out there to just do away with tests and sanitize the world for the children. No achrayas, no response. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely not. We're looking to create a balance that when the machanchen, the Rebbe and the morris who are the are the front line, being miser Nefesh, giving everything, days and nights, there's no hours. They can I, know a little bit more.
0: By training ambassadors, so to speak, ambassadors of mental health, the more that you're able to get out there, the more normalized it is, the more understood it is, the more part of our culture it'll be. And the
1: more children will be able to succeed. The classroom, there's that famous uh, example, Rick Lavoie. It, 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 what's it called? What's it called? One, say, give me a moment. Rabbi Garfield, you would remember. What's it called when we create something? I'll tell the story then you'll, you'll say what it's called. So there was a fellow that uh, was after a snowstorm by a public school and he was shoveling the steps, the mm-hmm. custodian, and a man came by with his kid in a wheelchair, he says, excuse me, sir, can you please do the ramp, shovel the ramp? He says, when I'm done with the steps, I'll get to the ramp. Don't you see we have a, a school here with a thousand kids. we got like one kid in a wheelchair. He'll wait. So the father said, you know, if you shovel the ramp, those thousand kids can also walk on the ramp.
0: Universal Idea, design?
1: Universal design, thank you. But with universal design, with having a little more sensitivity to what the children need, we can help them reach their potential. Beautiful. We can help those. It's just, it's just creating an environment where we're more sensitive and not in any which way watering down our curriculum or our classroom expectations, but by understanding what a child needs to thrive and to succeed.
0: I wonder if you would consider doing some kind of micro course where you could even survey the eight years of people, the ones who are at least in the classroom, say, which are the pieces that really translated to you in your work as a rebbe, not your work as a mashkiah but your work as a rebbe, and maybe come up with a sort of a micro class that would really focus on those things and and that way spread the word just the thought. very nice
1: idea just
0: very the, very nice
1: idea like i said i'd like to be able to get not everyone taking the course but over time it's intense 25 weeks three to six on a Sunday. right right but uh and people can take spread lipids. the word
0: snippets. This is a question that's really hard to answer. So don't feel uh, inadequate in any way if you hesitate in answering it. But I wonder if there are any metrics of success. That
1: Hakdama, Rabbi Garfield, makes it that much more exciting.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I wonder, I'm, I'm thinking about metrics of success, meaning your presenting problem from the president's conference back in the day was Children leaving the fold, or are feeling disconnected from our system. Here we've invested X number of dollars, eight years of investment, maybe nine. Um, is there any way to say we have less kids who are feeling estranged or any meaningful metric of success that you could go back to your buddy Yitzchak Perlstein and say, money well spent, job well done?
1: Let's ask this question to yeshivas that have a full-time mashgeikh. Go talk to Yeshiva Ketan of Peseig and talk about how their mashkiach is playing an integral role in the yeshiva and saving lives. Go to Yeshiva Spring Valley where the Upper Grades Menahel is saying how uh, Yitzchak Stern has made an incredible reishim. Go to um, Arches Chaim where you see how how that they could talk about their mashkiach at the dinner. Go to Darche where we have people trained as where. They're here in the afternoon and Rabbi Bender will call upon them, says, you know, we're having an issue with this child. Mashkiach, go ahead, do your thing. And and you go on and on and on. And and, and other yeshivas in Lakewood, Taris Aaron is one of the early yeshivas that has a mashkiach, where their mashkiach is part of the fabric of the yeshiva. Mm. And there are so many places where, can I show you the numbers and on a graph and in, a, in a spreadsheet? Go talk to the Manalim, talk to the happy parents, talk to the happy Talmidim that are coming back to the mashgiach when they're in 10th grade and 11th grade and said, you were there for me. You made a difference in my life. But so the answer is, yes, we are making a Rosham and it always boils down with all the training in the world. It all boils down to the person, the Ibergegevenkite, the connection, the love. And that's what's happening. So Baruch Hashem,
0: it's really, it's it's, it's scientific, it's proven, it's really working. I love about it is as someone who's spent way too much time in uh, classes, classes, post uh, high school classes, um, so much of that time is wasted. And it's almost like, I wish, I wish someone with uh, Seichel or Knows My Life would get together with the professors and say, what does Garfield really need to know? You know, let's just give him that part. And all the stuff. wasted stuff, you, you know, you could do with that. And that's exactly you know, what your program is. It's like any social work degree or degree in counseling or whatever the equivalent would be, there's so much wasted time and energy. And if you were able to work with these experts who know that world. Rabbi Garfield, I, I mamash love you. you are <laughs> tapping into such great things. Two,
1: two vignettes. Yes. One is that we had a number of people over the years. That were that were actually social workers mm. to university, and they're working in yeshivas. And again, uh, everyone, anyone that's taking this course, they need to be that the yeshiva recommends them for the course. It's not just open to people outsiders that don't have a job in yeshiva. But if yeshiva endorses someone, said they will hire him. Then we could we can or, or hire her. Then they can be trained. So people have taken social work courses and have had their degrees already. And they went ahead and they said that this. Was more tachlis.
0: Mm, I you believe you know, tachlitic, tachlitic. Yes, I mean, that's a great well, word.
1: Yeah. And then I, we've had people that found themselves that went for mashgichah, and uh, this wasn't the goal, but they uh, someone asked me, why don't we have them? Uh, why don't we give them a, a uh, like some sort of title and some sort of a degree and some sort of, says because then we're going to have them leave in the yeshiva so and going over in private <laughs> practice. We really don't want that to happen. But
0: um, I believe it. I really
1: believe it. What you're saying? We had we had, um, we had one guy. Of number. One fellow actually went out and uh, is now a doctor. He's actually yeah. a psychologist right now. He was a mashgiach for many years, and he himself became. A, uh, he's, he has opened a private
0: practice right now. Yeah. He, he's a beautiful person. I believe but it. Then, Listen, you have all-star people, and uh, they picked out the important parts. Amaisa I'm with the square Reb. Yep, one of lot. our
1: one of the mashgiachim is a square. chas. He was hired even before the training. And a dynamic Rebbe, and he always knew that he had a uh, a cheshik. He had a he had a he had a he was good at this. He, and he went to the Rebbe, and he says, Rebbe, maybe I should go. They have an you know, they have opportunity to go to school. That it's that it's not going into into the university and taking classes online. And the Rebbe says, Hang on, hold on, you'll see. You'll have a kosher eifin to get the training. So the Rebbe said this, and and this. This uh, Rabbi Heskel Friedman, who's a square chassid, told me that this is what the Rebbe told him. And that's why he couldn't believe. Wow. He did believe him. So he was so excited when the training came about.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, this is like such a great thing for Klai Israel, And it's uh, wonderful that they have someone like yourself behind it. Is there anything about the program that we didn't cover or anything you'd like to add as we finish up that uh, you think it's important for people to understand about it?
1: Well, I, I think it's important to mention that it's a real commitment person's going to learn a lot. There's nothing more valuable. With all the training, there's nothing more valuable than the heart and the love and the connection, the passion that someone has. It's not, it's not computer programming. Hashkiyich <laughs> is now, someone that doesn't have this tchunas now will not become that. It'll help. It'll help a little bit, but the kesher that takes place, this is not instead of a kesher. This is now understanding the depth of the kesher. And uh, we are starting soon. We're starting the, uh, the training in a, in a few weeks from now. There's still a few slots.
0: I was going to say, if people are listening, they, you know, we have parents listening and people involved in schools. Uh, what do they do if they want someone in their school to be involved or they themselves think they might be a right candidate?
1: The, uh, the schools, they have to get an endorsement from the school. The, the fee is nominal. And Terms has the form up on their website. Okay. And it's an opportunity to cipher. The, the classes are separate. Even though we're training Meshkiach and Machaneches at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really a separate Zoom going on. So okay. they're still separate. Oh, it's and
0: a lot of work. So Baruch Hashem. It's amazing uh, these professionals commit that amount of time. You know, that's double the time, three-hour classes. That's No, 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 no. It's, it's not double. It's at the same concept, con, meaning the Zoom is
1: running parallel. Both. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got it. That's okay, pretty, still but, still, it's a big-time commitment for people who, who get paid hourly but that way. And it's it's it's
1: really a a, a pleasure. It's a privilege. I'm just yeah. the ma'asa. Mm-hmm. I'm just the guy that's, that HaKadosh Baruch who gave me the chos to be able to put this together. And uh, it's really a tremendous chus.
0: Well, I will say that as someone who knows you well, I have no doubt that your commitment to it, your intelligence, your intuition, the confidence that you give people certainly adds to the success of the program. Uh, rabbi Morgan Stern, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you on behalf of all the amazing uh, work and these these all over the country and the mashkichim. I will mention we have two of our rabbis took this course, loved it, and our uh, we have a rabbi who works mostly first through fourth grade, and a rabbi who works most, mostly with uh, fifth through eighth grade, and it's been a huge asset for our school. So you know, please add me to the list when you talk about uh, Manalim, who sing the praises of of the program and be honored.
1: You're very special. And having right. you on that list is very, very special. Rabbi, Rabbi
0: Garfield, thank you for the opportunity. It's it's great to talk, keep and I uh, look forward to keep, hearing great things.
1: Keep doing great things, Rabbi
0: Garfield. I hope listening to this interview has given you an insight into the great work of Torah Masorah. I think this program is a wonderful example of how an idea came from people getting together around chinuch. Those meetings are facilitated by Torah Masorah. The idea was brought to leadership. It was fundraised for, they identified an excellent, excellent leader in Rabbi David Morgenstern, and through that process, children are getting the services and help they need on a regular basis in yeshivas throughout the country. What a wonderful model for providing that great intervention, and this is done on many levels by Torma not just through this program, but for many of their other programs. So I hope if you listened and it resonated with you, you will... Reach out to Tormesora through the website, find out about their programs, and specifically this program, i Morgan Stern, is very eager to get more people involved and to make sure that the services are being provided to the most possible children throughout the country. Thank you so much for joining us. As you know, sharing is caring. So please make sure to share our podcast and rate our podcast and continue to reach out to me with your comments, questions, and guest ideas. This is Yerachmiel Garfield wishing you a wonderful day.